What's up y'all, it's your girl Nikki T. I always bring you something sweet to sip on. Today we have Tavlin James here with us. Hey Tav. Hey. How you doing? Doing pretty well, how about yourself? I'm great, I'm great y'all. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> excited about Tavlin being on. My friend, we hoop together. Um, but she has a resume on her. Um, Tavlin, where are you from? I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, but I reside in Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh, don't they call that D-Town? The Some dirty, the, the dirty glove. The dirty, the dirty glove. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shouts out to Detroit. Um, so we just wanted to talk to you about life after basketball. Um, how's everything been going with you? Uh, life after basketball for me has been probably greater than playing basketball. Greater than playing basketball? How so? Uh, basketball took a toll on me uh, as far as, you know, like the countries, the traveling, the teams, mm -hmm. the expectations, yeah. the um, financial aspect, mm. depending on the team you're on or depending on how they feel and if they want to cut you or if they want to pay you. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I know a little bit about, about my short stint overseas. That, that world is wild. Um, so the transition from, let's say, college to pro, you were drafted, correct? I was undrafted, but I undrafted. did go to the WNBA Minnesota Lynx training camp. Oh, fancy. How, how was training camp? Training camp was interesting. I mean, I was on a team with probably, you know, some of the best players in the WNBA i.e. Maya Moore, Simone Thanks. Augustus, Lindsey Whalen. Thanks. Shout out LSU. You know, those are top WNBA players. So just the experience in general, like to be there was cool, yeah. you know? Okay. Okay. You had any, any regrets or maybe something you wish would have gone differently? Nope. Because I didn't have a life where I was like... <gasps> I gotta make it to the WNBA or I gotta make it to college. I played basketball because I enjoyed playing basketball and it was fun. So me making it to the levels that I made it to is just like, oh, this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. You don't really hear a lot of people um, talk about the sport in that manner. Right. They usually say, man, it's, it's my only way out. Uh, I gotta make it. Their parents put pressure on them to play. Mm -hmm. Coaches put pressure on them to play, especially when you're an elite athlete. They see mm -hmm. that young. Um, but it's it's very interesting to say that you're kind of like, if I make it, cool. If not, well, I always felt like too, like your education is first. Like, and I still feel like this to this day. The reason why I didn't stay in the WNBA is because I made a decision. Because training camp started April 25th. My graduation was April 27th. I called the coach and I told her that I would be there after I received my diploma and walk across that stage. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision that I was, I've stuck with forever because I can break my leg today. True. And then what? True. <laughs> Very true. It's, it's, I think it's a lot rougher in the game than people realize that you have to make decisions for yourself mm -hmm. and not allow other people to make them for you. <clears throat> so how do you feel about the recent changes about the salary and I'm trying to do more for people than WBA now? I mean, it's taking a very long time. Yeah. I mean, people I have, by this time, the people who deserve that kind of salary are either retired. True. 
about to retire or, or very banged up. I can agree with that. I think the last time I looked at the, um, I looked through every team. We had 12 teams now. Looked through every team, and I think I've only saw maybe on two hands veterans that were over five years, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And it was only like, I think Tamara Young was. And she ain't years. even. And she's not even old. Yeah, she's not. She's she's not. <laughs> um, Simone Augustus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia Fowles. Um, some people I were very surprised to see that they were still in the league, like uh, Elena Beard. I think yeah, she's still in the she league. She's been in for a while. She has. Um, Karima Christmas, I think she's yep, been, she's in been for there a for a while. So there was a couple of people that I was surprised, but there were a lot of names on there that I was like, I have no clue who they are, who this is. I agree. Some people who are from overseas that just said origin, Russia, right? <laughs> Australia, not even from the U.S. And but even too, you know. The, I think basketball abilities are declining in general for women. Mm. Like so now, I feel like people who should be in the WNBA and make that amount of money ain't gonna get that that opportunity because either they were shunned out, yeah, didn't go to a big enough school, so they didn't make the lead, yeah. And now that they got this raise, it's like oh. You know, well, who's going to make this money? Because basketball, the talent nowadays for girls basketball is just terrible. It's not the same. Not even close. I would agree with that. So it's like you can go to a college game and it's maybe two good players on each team. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, they got a really good team. (laughs) Oh, no, they got a really good player. (laughs) Well, would you say that that's across the board, men's and women's sports or just women's? I would just say women. Guys are a lot different, but even with guys, you know, you hardly even got to go to college, so. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, <clears throat> tell us about your nonprofit foundation. What did that, what inspiration, what inspired you to do that? Um, being from Detroit, I feel like there is not a lot of support. Okay. And, and that can come from not having support from your own family, from your friends, from whoever. But normally in Detroit, and even kind of in my aspect, I was kind of mentored by my coach who was like, all right, you know, your parents might not have the money for this, but I can pay for it because I can see the talent that you have. I can see that you love playing basketball. So I feel like there isn't a lot of resources in Detroit. And I feel like kids don't have someone they can kind of go to outside their family to be like, this is what I'm going through and I want to know how I can fix it or how I can cope with it. Okay. So the nonprofit was uh, originally started in a notebook, two notebooks. I just kind of wrote down a lot of ideas that I had, a lot of different names. And I thought, why wouldn't I just name it after myself? And, you know, it's it's for underprivileged kids and impoverished communities, kind of just to to give them a home away from home, you know? Gotcha. Well, <clears throat> I say for myself, I know that my mom, uh, shout out to the single parents, my mom was holding it down um, for me. And I just happened to have a, a parent that just really had my back mm-hmm. and everything going on. She was team turbo, straight up, E-A-U-X. But um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about growing up for you. What was your family atmosphere like? <laughs> um, 
I did grow up in a single parent home until I was about, I mean, single parent as in my biological mother and my biological father. So my dad was never there pretty much. When I was a baby, he was. And then my stepdad came around. I was, I was still, I might've been like four, I think when my stepdad came around. Okay. And um, he was, but he was old. So oh, like he was like oh, oh. he like thirty years older than my mom. So oh, you said thirty? Yeah. Oh, seasoned, very seasoned. Right. So it wasn't like you know like when you have a stepdad that your mom you know it, it'd be like a he like her age so he's more active so yeah. you know my stepdad wasn't really super active because he was already old you know so yeah. old man game. But right. um, my mom did hold it down I guess for us in the aspect of making sure her kids are taken care of, but I didn't feel like she held it down as a mother. Ex- explain and what as, you mean by and that. And as a parent, like I felt like she kind of left us to do things that she thought was right for us, okay. rather than parenting. Like my mom wasn't there to like show me how to tie my shoe and how I should do my hair and at my cheerleading practices and at my cheerleading tournaments and at my basketball games. Well, let's pause. You like, were you were a cheerleader? That's how I started basketball. Oh, <laughs> where are the pictures? Uh, at, her, we, at her house. When we gonna see that? I need to see the Definitely uniform. at her house. How old were you? I started cheering at nine years old. Nine, okay, you gotta pass, nine years old. We do a lot of stuff. Like I was doing karate at nine, 10. I did cheerleading for a minute. a minute. I was like on the step team and everything. Okay, that's what. So you did like competitive cheerleading? Yeah. That's what's up. Interesting. It, for my elementary school, I was able to, because I cheered, so I was able to go and change at <laughs> halftime and cheer. This and then is change wild. back to play basketball. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so halftime comes up. You're running to the locker room to, to change. go change to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Nobody kind of was like, did y'all just see that? Like she just probably, I'm sure they did because we we was like really good and we used to compete. So at our competitions, everybody knew I started cheerleading. So and then like once I really started to love basketball, they was like, "You're gonna take our cheerleader from us." <laughs> <laughs> Let's take her off the squad. We need her on the basketball team. But I digress. Um, okay, do you think that was primarily because of the circumstance that you felt like she was a little removed? Nope, I think that's because of how she was raised. Okay. So I feel like cycles aren't broken until somebody breaks them. So her mother didn't give her that kind of attention. Uh, Granted, I was able to receive that attention from my sister. Okay, shouts out sister. Yeah. Definitely shouts out, sister. <laughs> so I was able to receive that from her. So it didn't. I didn't really fully understand it until I got to college, like how much it affected me until I got to college. Okay. Because it was cool with me, like having my sister, you know, like yeah. my sister mom. It was cool. But then as I got older and I saw how people, parents were supporting them and being at every single thing. And I'm like, well, where's my mom at? You know, like, yeah. why is that, like, why is what you're doing so much more important than being here for me? Gotcha. Yeah. Did you, did you ever have that conversation with her or felt like you should? Had that conversation with her two days before I got married. 
Okay, how did that go? If you don't mind us. Terrible. Terrible? Yeah. Um, to make a long story short, she came down here. I flew her down here and uh, we drove back up to Detroit. Uh, we was waiting for my husband to fly in. So he drove back up to Detroit and I guess, no, 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 no. She, I flew her down here, flew her back. Me and Jerome went back up. And I guess this is my maybe like three or four months later. Okay. And um, I guess when she got back home, she told my sister, my sisters and my brother that basically kind of like, I didn't feed her good food and I made her shop on the clearance rack and a whole bunch of weird shit. Okay. Cause that ain't what happened, obviously. So um, I guess they felt some type of way cause of, cause of what she said or whatever she said. Cause I really don't know what the full story is still to this day. And, but they waited to have that conversation with me once I got there two days before my wedding, which I thought was weird. Yeah. Because it's like out of all the time you guys have had to discuss this, you wait until now. So it was like a big blow up. Like me and my brother almost was, well, actually my brother and my was at the time fiance, soon to be husband, were about to fight. Um, And I was really frustrated because I felt like as siblings, you could have just called me. True. Phones do work these days. You could have just called me because, I mean, whatever she told you really wasn't true. You know, like, why would I starve you? Or make yeah. you eat food that you don't want to eat? That, that's, that sounds unethical to me. It, 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 it's interesting when you have situations and there's always different versions, right? There's mm-hmm. your perspective, my perspective, their perspective. What was told, you know, we've all played, uh, what they call that game? Phone. Dang. We played all the time where you tell a secret and try to go around the Oh, yeah. I forgot the name of that game, too. Right, and like the telephone. Fr- yeah. What they call telephone? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about because the first person said something in the same story should get to them when they get back, but it, it's, it's never the same. Way to the left. Like, where did this even come from? And you could be playing with four people or 12 people, and it's always something that changes um but i I wanted to ask that because i what i've seen a lot um with coaching junior college coaching aau you've coached yourself Mm -hmm. um and you've probably noticed this that the conversations that happen between coaches and players players and their parents and parents and coaches just gets very jumbled up Mm -hmm. and very confusing for the child Mm-hmm. And so I can only imagine the conversations that are had between the parent and their daughter or their son mm-hmm. about what's going on in life, what's going on in the home, especially because if you witness those conversations, you just told the parent, hey, you know, I need this kid here on time. And then to overhear that parent go to their child, like, oh, well, I hear you're causing problems. Like that has right. nothing to do with them being here on time. Right. So it's just interesting that communication is such a huge piece in life and in relationships that we just don't focus on it at all. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of relationships are built off of the connection you have with an individual. And that's where, like, me and my sister grew like that. But even to that point, like, my mom started to feel like she tre- I treat my sister better than her. And it was like, 
Not because it's intentional, but that's how I was raised in this household. She was always there, not you. So me and her have built this connection, which is why I feel the way I feel for her. Not because of, you're not my mom, but you just weren't there. Right. You know. <laughs> so with with having that type of, um, I guess, tension or that type of relationship, how did that affect you long term as far as how you dealt with other people? Actually, it didn't. It didn't affect me at all. At all. Okay. Not towards other people. I think because she didn't support me as much as I wanted to, it made me support people more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I see where you're going with that. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you do now. So now I am a healthcare advocate for the state of Georgia, Department of Health and Human Services. I sounded real professional, y'all. <laughs> she got that job. And I was like, hello, let me put my, my voice on. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm worried about your health in the state Definitely. of Georgia. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Have you always been into human resources? That was your um, concentration, uh, right? Yep. Healthcare administration. Okay. So okay. kind of worked out hand in hand with this job. Yeah. So did you always think that this is what I want to do? Originally, I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. Okay. Basketball changed that, obviously. It's, yeah. impo it's impossible to study either one of those and play basketball. It's, in it's literally impossible. Let's repeat that. Let's repeat <laughs> that. Some people feel like, because we've had this discussion, I know we're rearing to the left, but some people feel like you can do anything. You have this free ride to do whatever it is with your choices. No, you when these teams tell you your practice is here, you can take classes anywhere around that. Yep. And if that does not support whatever you want your major to be, you are SOL. You definitely have to change it because it's, it's not it's not enough time in the day. You know, as a, as a lawyer or as a doctor, you got to do all those clinicals. That means I would either be missing games or mm -hmm. missing clinicals. <laughs> yeah, you can't do both. Hmm. Yep, so I, I originally... Um, after, well, when I started, when I knew I couldn't be a lawyer or a doctor, I went into physical therapy. And when my sister got sick is when I switched. Because I've always liked health care in general. Okay. So I like that field. And she was diagnosed with, with uh, multiple sclerosis. Mm. And it took a long time for them to figure out what she was diagnosed with. And I didn't like that. So that's kind of, that kind of geared me into like, okay, I'm sticking with this for sure because there's things that I know now, if I would have knew that then, mm -hmm. could have easily helped my sister. Hmm. That's interesting, the motivation and inspiration we have for doing the things that we do. Um, so you've played overseas with the, how many teams? Five, six, seven, eight teams? Seven. Seven teams. Mm-hmm. Now, did that, that take a toll on you? Oh, yeah. You know, basketball overseas is ruthless. That's, I mean, kind of, that's kind of the best way I can kind of explain it because it's kind of like a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Yeah. If you ain't making them win, then you making them lose. Everything's your fault. Everything is your fault. And then when you win, it's, they made you win. You didn't have no part in that. And I, I mean, I can't say that for every team I've been on, but I've been in 
pretty bad situations. I've been in a situation where I tore my meniscus in practice, just hit a turn and pop, but I was like, oh, I'm cool. Kept playing. About two days later, my knee was as big as my head. Her head is big though. Got an MRI, it was torn. So I kind of made like a, a deal with the team, like cool, you know, obviously I won't be able to practice like that, but I'll mm -hmm. still play as long as I can get my surgery at the end of the season. Okay. Which to me in general sounds correct, right? <laughs> that makes sense. You under contract, you, sh you guys are supposed to take care of me if I get hurt. So my knee got so bad that I couldn't play anymore. Um, and during that time, uh, my uncle died. He was like really, really close with us. He lived with us. He was kind of like our brother. And he passed and the team would not allow me to go to his funeral. Oh no. And from their perspective, I wasn't playing because they didn't let me go to the funeral. Not because my knee was as big as your head. So they got into a, um, I mean, they really just became assholes. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. They yeah. cut my visa off. Uh, wow. In that country, you can't, you can't live there without a visa, obviously, but you also can't live there without healthcare. Right. So I kind of, kind of um, became friends with like some uh, natives there. And um, I went to the doctor one day and I was like, oh, your visa is expired. And I said, well, how? I'm still here. So the team secretly, like I said, cut my visa off and I had to go to like the consulate. Wow. And the team had told the consulate that I was gone. That's why they canceled the visa. And I, I remembered the guy who originally gave me the visa when I was there. I don't know how I remembered that eight months later. Shouts out, God. I went there and I remember asking the secretary for him. And he says, when she, she, she said, there's a Tavlin James here for you. And I remember hearing him on the phone. He said, Tavlin James? And she said, yes, she's here. And he hung up the phone, and I remember I was like in an atrium, and he came out of his office, and he's looking, and he says, come up here now. And I get in there, he says, why are you not in America? And I said, why, why would I be in America? I said, my meniscus was torn. I'm still here on the team, even though they don't allow me to come in their gym. They don't allow me to come to practice. They don't allow me to come to games. I, I told him they're not paying me. He said, you're here illegally. And he said, wow. because this, because the president of your club told me that he, they sent you home. He calls the president. He says, um, yeah, I'm just trying to get some information. What day did Tavlin James leave? And they, oh, she left on um, December something or January something. He's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He said, he said well, why is she sitting in my office? Mm, mm, mm. The guy reinstated my visa, helped me get my money, because I hadn't been paid by that time in like three or four months. Yeah. Got the rest of my money and made the team um, get my surgery. Um, 
the surgeon, his, his name is Dr. Matsura, and I'll probably never forget it in my life because his family, he, he's the one who did my surgery. He learned about what the team did to me. Mm -hmm. So before my surgery, he calls me, he says, you're moving to Ljubljana, which is the capital of Slovenia. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, my daughter told me what happened to you because his daughter played with me, but she quit earlier in the season. Wow, that's wild. And he said, well, you're coming to live with us because I want you to be, I want you to heal correctly after your surgery. And I said, but you're doing my surgery. And he said, I know you're gonna come stay with my family. My daughter's gonna sleep in the room with her brothers and you'll take hers. I got my surgery. I lived with them for 38 days. They didn't make me pay anything. And her dad made sure that I recover well for after my surgery before I flew back to America. To this day, his son talks to me. Man, that is a story for you. It was like one of the most frustrating things in my life that I've ever dealt with because I, you know, I was, that was almost, well, that was my second year overseas. So I'm technically still a rookie. Yeah. And I was like, this is what happens overseas? It's crazy. I quit. I quit basketball that year. That's not, and I was like, I'm not playing. I'm not going to play again. And then obviously I played again. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's, it was just so traumatizing because I was just like, this is tough. Like this, is this basketball? Yeah, it's definitely not like <laughs> the, the love and basketball version that we see and everything great. That was very, that was a very, very hard time for me. And it's for that family to take me in like I was their own. I appreciated that a lot. Most definitely. Um, my... My rookie year, my rookie year, my first year, last year, um, for a full season, I had something similar happen. I came over, um, I had a, an issue, needed to go to emergency room right off the plane. Went to the emergency room, everything was cool, like, all right, I got medicine, give her this, she should be okay. Um, I think two days later, I was back in the ER. Um, because they gave me the wrong medicine. Now, I was with the owner. The owner could barely speak English. I'm trying to tell him what's going on. He trying to tell somebody else who's looking at me like, I don't know what you're saying, but she ain't okay. It was, it was just a weird situation to the point where they tried to make me go to practice. And I literally ran up and down one time and was exhausted. Now, mind you, I, I just got out of LSU. I'm in great shape. We All right. finished out the tournament like... I was in great shape. I was ready to go over, hadn't worked that long out of school. And I'm just like, y'all, something is really wrong with me. And so of course the coach is like, oh, you Americans, y'all are always out of shape coming over. Mm -hmm. Y'all think woo woo woo. And I'm just like, sir, even if I was out of shape, I would still be able to go up and down more than one, one time. time. Like I literally ran around the gym one Which time. Which is the reason why I'm here, because you guys wanted me. Exactly, <laughs> like what I don't understand, like something's wrong with me. Go back to the doctor, they telling me, oh, well you're having liver problems, we need to let you, it was crazy. We need to sit you out, got me on the right medicine. So then start, things start getting better. Halfway through the season, of course we're having this, you're not paying me situation. You ain't paid me in three, four months, I'm telling my, agent who's here in America, this man is not gonna pay me. 
you need to do something. I don't know what I'm supposed to expect. She's like, oh no, I talked to him. He said he's gonna pay you. There's a discrepancy when I'm looking at a snake saying he ain't gonna, exactly. he ain't gonna pay me. And it just gets wild. We got robbed when we was over in another um, another island. God took my phone. He was exchanging money with the other American. Trying. To, it was just all types of crazy. The club team accused me of being a drug dealer. Like, you're bad for the community. You're a drug dealer. You're out here. It, it was just all types of craziness. Wow. To the point where it, it just had built up. And this is halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. So then the second part of the season starts, my agents like continue to play and my dad passes. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I gotta go home. Well, my first time being over, they took our passports. I had no, now I'm like, this is, <laughs> that was very ignorant of me to let, to them, let have them my. To let them take it, right. So the whole season, they just held on to my passport because they had Americans leaving back and forth and I didn't know anything about them. Mm. And um, so I was like, yeah, I got, I got to go home. You know, my dad has this, you know, type of brain cancer. He's probably about to pass. I call him a couple times. Then I get worried he's gone. I'm like, I got to go home. But they're like, no, we're not going to give you a passport. So at this point, now it's, it's tension because I'm not playing. I'm not coming to the practices. The other American is causing like tension like well why don't you just play da, 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 that was da. the same thing that happened with me on that team and i'm just like she was kind of making it worse right like yeah. you you supposed we americans like I, you said the same thing you said i said i was let's, like oh, let's do this together oh she tripping <laughs> but you know that that is something that i think a lot of people don't understand is the trouble that people actually go through and you're in a foreign country mm-hmm especially your first couple of years like you don't know what the customs are you don't really know the people you're surrounded by and luckily enough you know we've had those people who were either on the team or their kids were on the team that helped out so right there was a military guy his daughter played on like the the younger team mm -hmm. and he basically was just like negotiating for me while my agent was just, you know, she was hearing their emails, calls mm -hmm. and stuff. And so he started negotiating for me and making sure I got what I needed um, to the point where I was living with him and his daughter. Right. So it just it's just interesting that people think it's such a cakewalk for athletes. Show like They feel like, oh, well, you're making all this money. You get a scholarship. You get to go overseas. Life is great. And you go through all this struggle to then get to the point where now you got to get a job. Right. Now you got to figure out what do you really want to do. Um, and it's just it's just very, it's, it's the stigma that goes around being an athlete that there's a huge struggle with one, your identity. Because now that you're not a basketball player, how do you see yourself? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Because some people eat, sleep, play basketball, and that's it. That's true. What skills do you have? You know, like that's your interview. Basketball skills. Right, like I can pass, I can shoot a three. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I got a little, you know, I got good touch around the basket. Right. I can do those things, but on a resume, you know, my experience, nothing. they don't care about that. Sure don't. They may feel like, okay, well, we know you're going to be disciplined. You're going to be here on time. Mm -hmm. You're going to dress appropriately. But the thing that I see the most, at least what I experienced in corporate America, is that they're going to misuse that that trait that you have, those characteristics. As in you don't have any kind of professional skills. Right, like, okay, well, I know I can throw this project at you and say, okay, get it done in two hours knowing it's gonna take a week. Knowing you gonna stay late, you gonna get there early, you're not mm -hmm. gonna ask for anything extra and you gonna figure, what, figure out a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, 
a problem for a lot of people, especially after the game, is not knowing what they want to do mm -hmm. and not knowing how to fight for themselves in the professional world. It's almost like getting out of jail. Facts. It's almost like getting out of jail. I mean, y'all, I've never been to jail, just saying, you know. Without the convictions. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely almost like that because, you, like you said, you don't have, your resume doesn't have anything that's like professional as a skill in corporate America. Right. It doesn't. You don't have your Excel suite. That that junk is real. Pivot tables, all that. If you don't know how to do it, you need to find out. Um, last thing I want to ask you about is Mm. How do you feel basketball prepared you for intimate relationships? Let's go back, starting, I guess, college. Or how did that... Basketball didn't have anything to do with my relationships. Did it affect you at all? No, nah, in college, I didn't really have relationships. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you're young. Uh, why we need to be held down and we young? It's a million people on that campus. I can't just only have one. I need to have like five or six. Yeah. Or seven, eight, nine, ten. That's, that's a real G statement. Um. <laughs> I, I didn't have a... Hell, I didn't have a real relationship till I met my husband. Hmm. How far was I out of school? Or in school? One year out of college. One year out? Dang. Okay. No, I, I might not even been a year out. That was that was the first season to go overseas. So I would have graduated in April. I went overseas in August. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, I went overseas in October. So I graduated in April, went to the WNBA, got cut, went overseas to Israel. And I met him in October. Hmm. So we dated, and we dated, and we dated, and we dated, and it was like, oh, let's make this official. Yeah, he's he's my first, like, I would say, serious relationship. Okay. So how did you, how did you learn what a relationship looks like, or how to be in a relationship? Um, how did I learn how to be in a relationship? Uh, I think that that's more about I don't think you learn how to be in a relationship. I think you learn how to how to be who you are in a relationship. So I don't think it's about learning. I think usually relationships are built off the people. Fair enough. So, and, and that can be a friendship, that can be a companionship, that can be a marriage, that can be a threesome. I think it's built off what you built with that individual, how comfortable you are with that individual. Because if you are, if you're comfortable with someone in general, and that's anyone, you're gonna talk a lot, you're gonna connect, and you'll build that relationship anyways. I don't think anyone knows how to be ready for a relationship. To me, I mean, it just sounds weird. Like people say, are you ready to have a baby? Who the fuck ready to have a baby? I don't think anyone is ready. Right. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Am I ready to have a baby? Like, now I, I know what you're saying. Like, 
are you financially fit to have a, a, a baby? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think anyone is ready. I don't. Any, I don't think anyone is prepared. Like, when this baby come out, I know this is exactly what's gonna happen. That's like you don't go on to know. You don't meet a girl and say, uh, or or a guy like, oh, oh, I know her. Oh yeah, me and her gonna have the best relationship ever. We gonna right. do this. We gonna do this. We. You don't know that because right. that same person that you can, and that's the same thing as far as when you're in a relationship. You can be think about people being relationships for years, never get married. People True. be in relationships for years, or being marriages for years and get divorced. True. People meet in one day and be married for fifty years. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. you been to somebody? They met you on Monday. They proposed to you on Wednesday. Y'all got married on Friday. Right. And they'd be together for fifty years. Yeah. So. I mean, like I said, basketball just took me on a journey to meet different people. I mean, and that's how I met my husband. So I don't think it has nothing to do with my relationship. It, it, it definitely made me tough as hell, though. I will say that. <laughs> I agree, Tavon. You are a tough cookie. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you for coming on the show. And going, she's going to be on the show. <laughs> Tavlin Tillman, the great, the legend. Let me hear it. Um, and your phrase is well-behaved women seldom make history. Of course. You love that, huh? I do. Why? How can you accomplish anything if you always go by the rules? Okay, facts. Rule breaker <laughs> right here in the flesh. But thank you so much, Savlin, for coming on the show. Y'all check us out. If you want to send something in, something for us to address, please email the hwpl.atl at gmail.com. Other than that, I'm out. Anything you want to say, Tavlin? Thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs>